This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we us? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. It's the written Freeland. It is front row material here on a Tuesday night special edition. Ritster, how you doing, my friend? Hey, hey, not bad, uh, Freelance. It's been a while. It's been a while since we got to sit down and and <clears throat> talk, but but we had some amazing interviews uh, since the last time we've talked. We have. We have gotten some great interviews that were in, and uh, I tell you what, it has been a lot of fun. And I mentioned this in a tweet uh, the other day that you know we've had we had the best month we've had in I would say probably two years. I mean, it was ridiculous, the amount of downloads. So we are so thankful. And once again, I use the phrase, uh, you are the Adam Schefter of, of wrestling podcasts because you are able to get a hold of so many people. Uh, but I also now would like to refer to you as the the straw that stirs the drink. I don't know if you saw that, but you are, yes. my friend. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, I, like I talked to you and, and we talked a little bit. It's 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 not just sending out emails and booking people it's 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 making uh ooh love the merch horror order that's right well it's 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 also mike it's also mike world order time yeah, as yes. well so but please continue. Uh, not, it's it's building relationships with these people you know emailing them checking on them everything and you know got to get the second one if the first one's good you got to you got to try for the second 
I don't think people really understand, like you and I were going back and forth um, on a huge one. And then it just seemed like it just, it wasn't meant to be. Um, but there was a couple other ones that we were trying to get worked out, which I think people would have been uh, really happy with hearing their stories, but we still got some great ones. So some up and comers um, we had um, last week. So I think it's going to oh. be good. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. We had uh, Beer Shaded Bruiser. Yep. Lindsay Dorado. Yes. Jake, Jake Christ. Yes. Alberto Del Rio. Yes. So, man. Leo Sparrow. Yes. My Ryan Mooney. Ryan Mooney we recently had as well. <clears throat> hey, if you'd like to be featured on the show, by all means, let us know. Get a hold of us. Uh, I was reaching out to some comics as well to see if they would like to come on as well. Um I don't know. Just, just like to mix it up a little bit. Like to mix it up. I, I want to get a hold of Frank the Clown. Uh, are you familiar with Frank the Clown? Uh, yeah, I, I could probably, I could probably get him on because Trevor Outlaw and him are really close. Nice. So. We should get a hold of Trevor Outlaw as well. That man has a lot to say. We also should bring on Darius Carter again. He's probably has a lot to say, especially since his big win is Super Eight. I mean, there's so many things that we need to touch base with people. We often talk about, you know, what can we can we twist your arm for a part two? And people are like, yeah, sure, part two. So we we really need to get back to these people. We need to get back to Crowbar as well. We do need uh, to get back to Crowbar. Crowbar is, is is definitely one we have to get into. Uh, Kenny Shams. Kenny Shams. That man owes us a second <clears throat> one. That's right. So, hey, speaking of people that I think would be really cool to have interviews <clears throat> with, uh, have you recently heard about Mike Tyson? Like he has this premonition that he's not going to last very much longer. Have you heard about this? No, no. Yeah. So evidently, he said, I guess on his podcast, that he does not foresee himself being on this earth very much longer. Now, I don't know if he knows something that we don't know. I mean. Uh, or it's a publicity stunt, or I don't know what the hell's going on, but um, yeah. Uh -oh. Well, if, Con if Conrad can't get Mike Tyson, what what fucking odds do we have? Do you know what I mean? I mean, hey, 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 I've I've stunted some pretty big dog shit. You, 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 hey, you've you've done some big stuff. I tell you what, you've done some really big stuff. But uh, man, unbelievable. Well, we're back. This is fun. Hey. And Let's sit there and start this off with with a little surprisingness, because it's been way too long. So let's uh, yeah. let's talk let's talk some positive. Yes, this is gonna be and this is gonna be hard for you. WWE. Oh, oh, you know what? You know, here's the thing. I said this a few days ago. It might have been a week ago now, but I really think they're gonna have a big boom. I think they are on the precipice. It's the word of the day, kids. <laughs> on having a next big boom. I think with Triple H being in charge of creative, Stephanie right there, I think they're going to be opening the doors for a lot of new talent um, who want to come into WWE, a lot of talent who was with WWE who want to come back to WWE. I think this is going to be huge for them. Uh, I'm excited. I really am happy and excited for WWE. How do you feel? Uh, well, opportunity. Opportunity will be the key word here. Uh, I think with Vince stepping down, Stephanie and Nick Khan taking over the CEO, which uh, Nick Khan's taken over most of the financial side. Correct. That's from what Ste I heard. Stephanie's doing the most of the everyday operations. Right. 
uh, Triple H is now leading creative, and he's got his, he's got his new Bruce Pitchard with Paul Heyman, I think, helping him lead the way. Well, let me ask you about that. It's 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 funny you bring up Paul Heyman. Do you think that Paul is going to have a bigger <clears throat> role, or do you think that Paul will stay in the part-time talent, part-time backstage guy? Uh, I can see him within the year slipping away from being on screen yeah, and, and doing the everyday backstage stuff because Triple H ain't going to leave his leave a key person like Paul Heyman and just have him flutter there. No, I agree. Paul has seen things in people that no one else has, and he can make the next generation of stars with Triple H. And uh, and that's what I think that Triple H and the WWE, if they want a future, is going to need. No, I agree. I agree 100%. But I think also you're going to see you know, this whole NXT 2.0 thing. They may keep the name, which I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm thrilled about that. But that whole Nickelodeon vomit uh, paint color shit, that was dumb. Let's just be honest. That was stupid. It should have stayed the black and gold brand. And I know they, a lot of wrestling uh, pundits have said, well, sometimes you got to reinvent yourself. You got to change. You got to revamp things. There was nothing wrong with the black and gold. Um, I thought that when NXT was head up by Triple H, it was in a lot of ways hotter than the main roster because he had full control over that. Vince had control of the main roster. And you, you started to see that power shift between the two of them. And I think we finally got to see what Triple H could do when the handcuffs were taken off. And now there are no handcuffs. He's in charge fully, which is where he should be. And and I, I think you're going to have a, a new era. I don't know what we're going to call this era. Um, maybe before the end of the show, we'll take some comments from people and they can tell us uh, what we think that new the, the new era is going to be called. They're calling it the new regime, but we need to give it a name. Okay, now do you think personally – Vince is completely hands off, hundred percent hand hands off. Or do you still think he might have his have his hand in the pot, just not publicly? That's a great question. Uh, a lot of people have said they wonder if it's going to be like a shadow government where Vince is still behind the scenes, even though he's not physically seen, still calling a lot of the shots. It's it's hard to discredit that for the simple fact of what else is the man going to do? He's a workaholic. He, he's uh, an obsessive compulsive. You know, I remember he he did an interview um, and I talked about it on headlines a few days ago about somebody asked him if he had ever taken a vacation. And he said, well, I, I laid on the beach and, uh, and I couldn't do it. And I tried to read a book and I tried to go to the pool. and I, I just couldn't do it. I just kept thinking about work. So I got on a flight the next morning and I flew home. So it's like, well, what else is this guy going to do? I mean, he's not a racquetball guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a tennis player, a golfer. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he likes, he has certain activities he does, but I just don't, I see him becoming very antsy and I feel like maybe he's going to have some say so. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I honestly think that he, he, for legal reasons, is done. Stepping away, he's, he's letting uh, the future continue. And now I I finally strongly believe that he believes that Triple H and Stephanie are going to carry the legacy of what his father you know built. He took to the next level, and now Triple H and Stephanie is their turn. 
And I did not like that Monday night after, you know, Triple H was head of creative, you know, the announcement. Oh, when they had Titus O'Neil come out and he was. Everybody was like, oh, oh, now now don't get me wrong. Everybody wanted to watch that Raw. Sure. But then you had the everybody complaining. I did not expect anything big to change until after, until after SummerSlam. Correct. Everything was already laid out. Correct. This is how we're getting to SummerSlam. Yep. You know, the, now the SummerSlam's over. Now we're going to start seeing. And we did at SummerSlam see what I believe was the first steps for Triple H and Stephanie and Nikon with well, – with Bailey I mean, coming back. Bailey coming back and obviously Dakota Kai coming back, uh Io Shirai coming back. You know, a lot of people thought that she, you know, obviously wasn't gonna come back at all. Period. Now she came back. I think that's huge. You're you're one hundred percent right. I yeah. it's, it's something else I think is really interesting here is how many of us really thought that Logan Paul was gonna be this freaking good? Logan Paul was freaking good in his first match. But Logan Paul I mean, Logan Paul. But but you have to you have to sit there and see. Wow. The Miz is probably one of the greatest counterpoints you can have in there with you to lead the ropes on your first match. I, I don't disagree. Like to me, and, and people people want to sit there and discredit the Miz all the time. But the Miz to me is WWE's version of Chris Jericho and AEW. Chris Jericho and AEW. If he can, if you get a match with him, head and shoulders, it's going to be good. Just like uh, Jerry Lynn in his time. When he was in ECW with Rhino, Paul, Paul, Jerry said it before. Paul told him, hey, you're working Rhino tonight. Let me know how he is. The match was over. Jerry goes, he's ready. You know what I mean? There's just those certain people that are in place that, hey, you can't have a bad match. And and everybody wants to discredit the Miz, but he's he's great. You know, he he wouldn't be in there the WWE for that long if he wasn't. Do you okay? We we you and I have thrown around this conversation before. You see a Hall of Famer? Why why wasn't he? I want to throw that into the chat right now. If you guys think the Miz is a Hall of Famer, uh, share your feelings right now. I'd love to know the, what your thoughts are on that. Longevity. Intercontinental Championships, Money in the Bank, WWE Championship, Main Event at WrestleMania, numerous tag team champions. Come on. Got a couple of people already saying yes right now. Um, I mean, there he is. There's the man right there. Mr. Liam Savage. Don't call me Randy. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Checks all the boxes. Well, I mean, I get. I guess he does. I guess, in my opinion, I guess I just don't look at the Miz as somebody who had defining moments. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like he had defined. You know how they always talk about uh, having a WrestleMania moment or a defining moment. Like, there's always those moments that I feel like set somebody aside from everyone else from the roster. And I don't know. Maybe I missed him, but I just never found that type of defining moment for the Miz. And maybe it's still forthcoming. I don't know. Um, but either way, he's married to Murray. So you know what? He wins. Hey, hey not, not only did he, did he marry her, but he also found her and gave her the opportunity. But it, hey, the Miz is another person that 
will do anything you ask. Drop the dime. If it's main event, open, tag team, anything. And let's get back on the topic. Logan Paul. Yep. You know, the, the great match. Now, do you sit there and think that WWE – now, I've heard Triple H is going back to we're signing, you know, indie Indie talent. guys, yep. But Good. Has, but has WWE proved the point that uh, that they can make – That they can create future stars? Yeah, because look at look at Logan Paul and then look at uh, – what's his name? Paul the Punter from the Colts who wrestled – Pat McAfee? Pat McAfee. You – Paul – Ah, Paul, you know Paul, me. Paul, Pat, whatever. Okay, yeah. continue. But, but hey, he's he's Paul. not too he's not too bad either. And he came from the NFL. Yeah. You know? So, man, it's... I'm excited. I'm excited so, like a and, uh, like a prison inmate who yeah, is literally and, minutes away from a conjugal visit. And uh, Marie Shadows just said they, they signed a lot of athletes during the SummerSlam tryouts. And, and that's me, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was there, you know, scouting, you know, Paul has an eye. And that is one thing that WWE, if they just would have used Paul more, I think, you know. Well, you know, you know who their prior scouting department was with Vince, don't you? It was Jerry uh, Briscoe. mm -hmm. So it was Jerry Briscoe and it was also Jim Ross, but heavily on Jerry Briscoe. And nothing to say anything wrong with Jerry Briscoe, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes you, you need to get a fresher pair of eyes on things or you need to get someone else's perspective. And I think Paul is that other perspective. I mean, the Briscoes are great wrestlers and they were great yes men when it came to working with Vince. But I don't necessarily know if they were the ones who would critique talent the same way a Paul Heyman would. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul, even even if you're if you're lacking something. Paul had that way to, oh, you're you're not good on the mic, but you're an amazing athlete. We're going to give you somebody to talk for you and let you do your thing. Or, you know, you can't do this. We're going to hide it and then, you know, essentially all the positives, you know. Very much so. So, but uh, SummerSlam was just, was just this past weekend. SummerSlam was was very interesting. Uh, I watched it on the Peacock Network. Um, I caught it. I thought it was. I thought it was actually really good uh, from top to bottom. I think no big surprise in a lot of the matches, but I thought it was a good show, a really good show. Yeah, uh, they they opened the show really good, wasn't it? Bianca and uh, Becky that opened the show. That was the first match of the second match. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, we did, we we had a little turn. Becky showing showing the respect. Yes, Becky showing a face turn, which is definitely anti what Vince would have had. He would have had her continue to still stay heel, which is once again, I, I feel like Becky is somebody you want to root for. I really do. Mm -hmm. The whole the whole big time Bex gimmick, I didn't really necessarily like because it 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 felt it didn't feel like it was authentic from her. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, for her the the man gimmick, the man character she had. No, that I was felt, perfect. I I felt that was more her. Yes, I agree. I definitely you know? agree with that. But uh, what about the crowd reaction to at first Bailey coming out? Oh my god! 
I mean, once again, you, he couldn't have picked a better time to bring them out. I think that was great because, once again, that's setting things up for long-term storytelling. And I think at that point in time, you interject them right then and there. You start dangling that carrot. Now, what could happen here? So I think it was a, a very good move right there. Because think about it. What are you going to do on the Monday after SummerSlam? You want to have a huge, big number to mm -hmm. really solidify that you are here and this is what you're doing. So he was going to be dropping some things inside SummerSlam that were going to reap the benefits for weeks to come. Yeah, and then uh, Dakota Kai being re-signed. Like I, I like Dakota Kai. I don't know what the issue was with Dakota Kai. I don't know what... The, I don't even remember what the beef was, why she was released. Like, she's good in the ring. She's fine looking. I don't well, I don't understand what the problem was. Well, wasn't it something along the lines of it was part of Vince's new theory? We're, we're giving you so many uh, weeks or so many months, and if you can't get over, you're out. And she was just filtered in there. You had 60 days. They, they came up with this new 60-day clause for anyone that was on the NXT brand that if you did not get over with the audience to the level that the office wanted – you would be terminated. And I feel like that puts a lot of people on pins and needles because you can't necessarily get over with an audience in 60 days. I mean, sure, if the writing is perfect for you, if you're placed in the perfect situation, but 60 days is such a small sample size that I don't feel like people really start hitting their groove until at least six months into their campaign where people actually can buy into them and are emotionally invested in the character. And at that point, 60 days is a drop in the bucket. Okay, could you imagine Vince's theory of 60 days at the beginning of NXT? Bailey, Becky Lynch, Sasha, all three had gimmicks that weren't really hit their stride for quite some time. Yeah, I agree. He would have lost out on all three of those talents for his 60 days. I will say this. I, I am a little sad that the Vince McMahon news came in the midst of the whole uh, Sasha Banks, Naomi situation. Cause if it just would have been a little bit longer, I think TK could have got his hands on that and signed that, but you know what? It wasn't meant to be. Uh, there's reports coming out right now by PW insider that is solidifying by several sources. Also by Brian Alvarez, that in fact, both ladies are back with the company officially and they will be debuting shortly. I, I thought they were going to be debuting on Monday night, uh, but I guess they're going to hold that off until another night. Also, there, there's a big week coming up in Cleveland. Have you heard about this? Raw is going to be coming up in Cleveland. I want to say it's like the next week or so. And we all know who's from Cleveland, right? The Miz? Johnny Gargano. Oh. So a lot of people are trying to connect the dots and say maybe Johnny Gargano may be coming back. So I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but it wouldn't surprise me um, because his wife was uh, with the company and she loved being with WWE. So, I mean, once again, I think Becky Lynch did an interview and she said that her and Seth Rollins have their own bus similar to what uh, Cody, Cody and Brandy have. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, hey, we'd like to come back, but obviously we have a child now, a young child. Uh, would we be able to get our own bus? I mean, do you think that's reasonable if if you are a husband and wife and you are very well established and successful within a company to ask for, for something like that? Well, if you're able to put a significant amount of money 
in the company's pocket. I don't think that that's much to ask. You know, John Cena. John Cena had his own bus. You know. Would you be jealous of people who got their own bus if you were on the WWE roster and you started to see some of these people? Or would you just say to yourself, I mean, I can't really say anything because they're drawing the big numbers. They're the ones name and faces all over the posters. Would there be a little bit of you that was like, shit, I would really like a piece of that. Hey, then, then bring it to the table. Show you're worth it. uh, Okay. Here's a question. How many people between now and let's say Royal rumble. Mm -hmm. Do you see triple H, Stephanie and Nick Khan, uh, going out and re re signing. That was let go during the budget cuts. That's currently free right now. That, that's currently free that, that they could come back and make a huge splash. I think one name that comes to mind, but I don't think they were that, I don't know, Killer Cross or Karrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. I think that could be a possibility. Johnny Gargano is a possibility. Obviously, Bray Wyatt is always somebody that's thrown out there. Man, uh, I, I would have... You know how much of a place that would have, instead of like in the main event, which we're going to get to, the ring being lifted up. That was insane. That whole arena would have collapsed if not only would Edge have come out and went face to face with uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priestley, but if the lights would have went out and uh, Bray Wyatt would have stood in the ring too. Oh my goodness, that would have been epic. No, I agree with you. I agree. Do you think ultimately Bray Wyatt comes back to WWE? Uh, it could happen. You know, I could sit there and, and I would like for it to happen because I, I can see Triple H and Paul knowing what to do with them. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, even even Bray sat there and said that Vince loved them. He just they booked them into into a corner. They had no idea what to do with them afterwards. Well, you know? I, I, I it's depending on who you read, but you also read reports where it's like Vince treated him really well, but then would scold him in front of other people as well. It was Vince was very bipolar. It was he was very you know, he was high on you one day and then he was not high on you the next day. You know, one day he would have plenty of time to talk to you. The next day he would not have any time to talk to you. And I get it. He's busy. But that's the theme that I've noticed from a lot of people who work with Vince as far as talent, that they would say sometimes he's very unapproachable. Do you feel like that played a factor into some people deciding to leave? Uh, no, because th- then you hear like when you interview, let's say, Dorado mm-hmm. and, and Del Rio, they both said that. You know, like Del Rio, for instance, he came out and, you know, was talking to you on the podcast and was like, anytime, any little detail I wanted to go over with Vince, Vince was there and, and, you know, he okayed everything, you know? So I I just think, you know, people just, it's the Vince McMahon-esque, like it's the R, it's, it's the stories that people are afraid of. Right, and if you don't if you don't approach him, like Lindsay Dorado was was talking about, how you know he had ideas, he approached him about it, 
you know, and Vince took him, but he, tw- you know, switched him a little bit with Lucha House Party. So. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Let, let's let's kind of segue our way, um, you know, on to, to Vince himself. And, and we're going to double back around and talk about more yeah. of the SummerSlam. The whole, did he resign or did he retire? I think it, it, it's, it paints a prettier picture right when he says he retired and i think that's horseshit and here's why i say that at the end of the day he had to back down okay vince was in in a fight in a situation that he could not have gotten out of no matter what he could not have gotten jerry mcdevitt to get him out of this and you know oh it's my retirement yeah i'm 70 what did he say it was 79 77 and i think it's time to to move on and do other things i think he resigned because at the end of the day, this could have really tore the fabric of WWE. If some of these details of these non-disclosures got out and we, we still don't know if they will get out, but there's still investigations going on as of right now. Do you think he resigned or do you think he retired either way? It's, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but one sounds like it was more, I chose to do this versus one that says I had to do this. What's your take? Is there really a difference? I mean, gone is gone, right? In my opinion, I think Vince, I I honestly think Vince retired for the simple fact is he loves WWE and the company he built so much that he did, does not want a tarnish on it with him because what was it just hours after he retired, like the announcement, then all of a sudden it was, uh, came about with that. Uh, what was the the money? The hush money was, was on the books or should have been, or should have been on the books and stuff like that. Yep. Like, like, so I think that he didn't want to tarnish the name, tarnish the legacy because I think that's – he has kids. He has grandkids. He has a wife. I don't – I honestly don't think that man loves any of them as much was, as he loves the WWE. I was about to say, when, when you say he has all these things, yes, technically he does have these things. However, I see, I don't think he retired, Rit, because l- look at him. He basically said F you to the federal government. In the steroid trial, he said F you to all these different allegations over the years. And there have been a ton of allegations that have come out. Um, I mean, the Phil Donahue show was just one. And I'm trying to pull up some information I have on my computer here that I actually had a, a timeline of all the things that had gone on. But. The point is, I think he resigned because Vince would have never. He's such a power-hungry, money-hungry, control freak. You really think that he's going to actually step down? No, I, I do. It, you, you take away the – if you have a chance to ruin the one thing that means more to him than his family himself, which is the WWE. He, he put how many years, how many hours a day, how many you know weeks, months – into the WWE and if him sticking around would it is have a chance for it all to be gone. I, I, th- I think he put that first. 
me ask you this. A lot of people are saying, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Do you think you can separate Vince McMahon, the promoter and the businessman, from Vince McMahon, the scoundrel? Because, I mean, let's be honest. Cheating on your wife all that time. I mean, just all these things that he's done. I mean, and I tweeted about this at one time before. I feel bad for Linda. I feel bad for the family. Like, I mean, the the grandkids one day are going to find out that grandpa was uh, shagging nine different people at one time. I mean, it's going to come out. What's your thoughts on that? Can you separate the man from the character? Or is it one of those things that's kind of one in the same? Uh, Vince McMahon as the person, I think I can separate it because he is the man that dedicates and dedicated his whole entire life to the company, to the fans. And he had a, a certain way and certain like eye for things. Vince McMahon as the character is the, is, is your boss is your principal Freeland at your school that you would love to just flip off, give the middle finger to and beat the shit out of. By the way, I just would like to to, to make a statement here. I, I've never had a principal that I would uh, want to do that to, or ever have. Uh, I just want to make sure I have my clarification. Uh, I get your, I, I but I get your point though. I get your point. It's um, I don't know. I feel like he just, yes, he did so many things that were positive, right, for the business aspect. Mm-hmm. Of it. But I feel like there's so many other things that he did that were just bad, like just bad and i know a lot of people are going to say well a lot of a lot of accusations happen when you're a celebrity and a lot of people are going to say different stuff but how much of it's really true and and how much of it is because you're famous people are going to come out with these allegations right so then you start to think to yourself well maybe there's some truth to that right if you're a famous person people are going to want to be around you and if you say the wrong thing or you do the wrong thing or whatever, then people are not going to like you. Then they're going to come out with these salacious stories. But I mean, when you think about it, like <sighs> the Jimmy Snooker situation blows my mind to this day when I think about it. And for those of you who are not super familiar with the whole situation, obviously, if you've seen the dark side of the ring, that one was very interesting in my opinion how things just seemingly were brushed under the rug with the da i mean really um what once again go on youtube watch the phil donahue show there were so many people who said yeah i was i was auditioning for wwe and i'm trying to remember the name of the guy who was the the announcer and he was blatantly told if i don't do x y and z with pat patterson then I'm going to be out of a gig. The ring scandal with the ring boys. You're trying to tell me that all these things allegedly happened on Vince's watch without Vince actually knowing that these things are going on. Like I find it to be very convenient. And then Pat was let go, but then Pat was brought back. Like, really? Come on. I just feel like there's a lot of sketch things that were done. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's a lot end, of sketch. At the end of the day, Freeland, 
Yeah. Finish this sentence. Yes. Vince McMahon's legacy will be known for what? The creation of WrestleMania. Okay. I I, I can see that. But I, I personally would sit there and finish that sentence with Vince McMahon's legacy will be as a man who never backs down or quits. I can you know, see that. Go, going head to head with Eric Bischoff and Monday Nitro. You know, go, going against the, the United States government, as you brought up earlier. Uh, Vince just doesn't have quit in him. But he somehow did at this situation. Huh? I mean, there, there was reports that were coming out that everything was ha-ha and everything was fine. And he was actually, you know, making comments backstage about, oh, F these investigators, blah, blah, blah. Like he was really putting on the bravado. Like he really could go ahead and take these guys on. Like it was just all smoke and mirrors. But at the end of the day, let's, let's think about this thing. This guy could not control himself. Right? Yeah. It, it, and I'm trying to re, – re, is it Rita Chatterman? If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. Like, really? That somehow is just fabricated? She just made all that up? It's just not real? Like, we don't know Vince. Like, as much as people try to defend him, do you know him personally? Do you know for a fact that he's not that kind of guy? No, you don't know him. What I'm saying is I'm looking at it from the perspective of, wow, there's a lot of weird stuff that's been surrounding this guy. And I'm not saying someone's necessarily guilty, but you know what? I probably would put some distance between myself and that person if that's the way that the scuttlebutt is. And a lot of it can be true. And a lot of it is true. But uh, the, Liam Savage, to the question I asked earlier, he goes, uh, Vince McMahon's legacy will be for taking wrestling global. Absolutely. That's a great one. I agree 100% with that. Could you imagine if paper if pay per view what it would be today if it wasn't for the first one with the not, WrestleMania? Not, I, nope, I could not. Without the first WrestleMania, I don't think pay per view would ever be looked at the same. Let me uh, let me get myself situated here, rocking out my uh, my MWO merchandise. By the way, I, you know what shirt I was wearing? I bet you will never guess what shirt I was wearing today. Uh, a Kenny Omega one. Not a Kenny Omega one. Oh, the written Freeland? No, I was wearing a different one. No. That's the only two ones that I can think of. I was rocking my Mandamus apparel that I have. Huh? I was rocking my Mandamus. But, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Just, woo, we're going to go over that one. Ah. Um, uh. Man, but uh, but, but let's talk SummerSlam. Well, yeah, let's 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 get back. High to point, high point, low point. Um, wow, low point. Uh, I guess I would say the Mysterios winning. For me, at least in my opinion, uh, the high point. Man, that's that's a toughie. I mean, it, it's really hard to say that it wasn't Logan Paul because Logan Paul did an amazing job. He really looked great. 
but then again, the way they ended the night with the main event, with the tractor, uh, the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar thing. Here's the problem I have, though, with the whole Brock Lesnar thing. And tell me if you're on board with this. Was that it seems like every time someone is to beat Brock, it always has to be multiple people have to get involved, right? Very rarely, but it does happen. Very rarely is really a one-on-one situation. And I think that's the only problem I have. Last man standing, the Usos had to get involved. I get it. It's going to set up Clash at the Castle with the number one contender who is now what, Drew McIntyre. So it'll be mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. And as great as that sounds, I don't think they're going to put the belts on Drew McIntyre. No offense. But with the ratings SmackDown's doing right now, why would you mess with that formula? So, But that's just my opinion. What's your thoughts? Uh, let's see here. My high point, I'm thinking, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed the main event. Like, for as much as I was going into it with low expectations, because we we'd seen it seven times, mind you. Yes, yeah. I'm like, what possibly could they not, you know, do that they haven't done before? Tractor. But I was like, okay, but this is, but this is Triple H now, right? You know, let's let's leave that door open, and and see what what we can come up with. And for once, it was an enjoyable match. There, it seemed like, in my opinion, Brock and Roman had fun for once. And and if that is the atmosphere Triple H brings to the to the locker room now, where he's going to let people have more fun, maybe maybe it's it's a product that. You know, I can get behind again one, you know, the low point for me. And I just can't that Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match. I didn't enjoy none of the match. I can't get behind Liv Morgan. I can't get behind Ronda Rousey. No, I can't get behind Ronda either because the woman, I mean, she has a name. I get that. Mm-hmm. But these judo throws and all this shit that she it gets old after a while. It it's very one dimensional, and I don't know. Like I've never been a Ronda person, but maybe, on the same breath, I'm not a live person either. So maybe maybe uh, Ronda turning heel could could help her out. We're I guess we're gonna see. I I I guess a lot of people were waiting for Charlotte to come back, and we're expecting it. At SummerSlam, I, I let's just let her stay out. Once again, I just I just wish they would do other things. Like for a perfect example, why has it that Natty doesn't get pushed more? Why she's there just like uh, the Mrs. I don't. She's there, I she's there to because she can make any woman look great in a match, and she can help. The whole women's roster along the do, way. Do you think in some ways they're grooming Rhea Ripley to be the next big monster woman's uh, heel? I hope so. I think she's incredibly uh, the, the, talented. She's really good. Yes. Uh, I kind of wish they would do, in my opinion, I wish they would do for Shayna Baszler and give her that push that they gave Ronda Rousey. Because Shayna can work. I agree. I agree. I said this since day one. I'm a Shayna person. 
you know, the queen of spades. I think she is phenomenal. And she got stuck with so many people that I don't think she should work with. Uh, my whole, my whole, she got stuck working with her. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't they have recently a Shayna, uh, Rhonda, like a, like a taped conversation that happened. And I'm trying to remember back to that, but, um, Maybe that we've never seen the two of them go at it. Maybe that would be something that would be interesting because they're both UFC fighters mm-hmm. turned pro wrestlers. Why not let them go at it and see what's going on? But yeah, I agree with you 100%. Shayna Baszler is undervalued and underutilized. Yeah, she was dominant in NXT. She was. She but that was Triple H. Maybe we might see something different now from her from the, on the main roster. You never know. You never, never know. But uh, since our time off, yes, S- SummerSlam was not the only big pay per view we we've missed. No, it was not the only big pay per view. Uh, didn't Impact have pay per view recently? Or you're not, you're not, you're not seriously going to be talking about ROH Death Before Dishonor. Death Before. By the way, that was a good pay per view. Yes. That was a good pay-per-view. And I mean, it had one toddler involved. But other than that, it was a really good pay-per-view. Now, I'm hoping you sit there and say toddler. Squid Boy? Squid Boy? For, uh, Squidward? Whatever. For the simple fact as as much crying as, as he's done. I, I, I just don't don't get it. You, are, you ta- are you talking about Braces Boy? I, I'm talking about he was he was brought in to do a job. And that was it. That that situation boggles me more than than a lot of them. The fact that let's think about this for a second, right? We're not about Jonathan Gresham. Are you? Am I on the same page with you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Just want to clarify. So we're talking about Jonathan Gresham, a guy who. Let's think about this. If it had not been for Tony Khan, the belt would have not even existed anymore. The company wouldn't have existed. And where would Jonathan Gresham realistically go? I mean, honestly, where would he go? He's not going to WWE. They're not going to sign someone like that. Clearly, they're not going to sign him. Impact Wrestling, maybe. Impact Wrestling stars stay for a cup of coffee and then they leave. Maybe an MLW. But literally, think about it. And he wasn't even the Ring of Honor World Champion. It was Bandito who was the champion. And it was because Bandito couldn't defend the title that obviously it turned into a situation where then it was the Jonathan Gresham and then they had the match back when Bandito came back triple threat boom he wins he's the the new I guess permanent ring of honor world champion but I mean that's like seriously dude and you get pissed off because you have to drop the belt to Claudio like that's what upsets you like you would not have had a job had this man not bought this company where where would you have gone where he, he 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna admit he does do really well in the Indies, and that's know? great, good for him. But I'm just saying, where would he have gone in a major national televised promotion? I would say MLW might be his best bet. Yeah, here's okay. This is gonna be complete opposite of what we talk about later when we talk about AEW. But what was up with Gresham? This whole entire time, he was in there, the corner of uh, Tully was in his mm-hmm. corner. 
And then all of a sudden, at Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, he comes out by himself. And then Prince Nana comes out to be in his corner. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all, other than Tully Blanchard Enterprises is no more. Uh, did, did you see the on Twitter, Brian Cage, with the with the the now the limited edition? Yes. You know, shirt. Yes. Here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, I saw that. It was. Uh, I was like, really. And I don't understand what the reason would be why Telly Blanchard would necessarily leave unless it's a payoff situation because at the end of the day, he's making good coin for somebody who works, what, one day a week? I mean, it, it's but, not... But it was just it was just that match, wasn't it? That he was... I heard, he, I heard he's done, done. Okay. So I don't necessarily think that it's just... What did you hear? Well, I, I thought he... It was just the... The whole Ring of Honor, he could that he didn't make it there because no, I don't he, I don't know about was, that because he was still supposed to have been managing that tag team that you were telling about, telling yes. me about uh, and Brian Cage, correct? You know, I, I think it's Con and oh Lord, I'm trying to think here. Somebody jump in the chat here and um, tell me, but yeah. But but overall, like to go in and say Tony, like, and just go back there and cry. It was the booking agent, you know, talent relations. Tony brought him in. Tony decided to put the belt on Claudio. Right. Enough said. Well, at the end of the day, let's think about this here. You bought Ring of Honor. You are now trying to sell Ring of Honor as a product to a network, right? Mm -hmm. So you can either have Jonathan Gresham, or you can have somebody who you actually can show a lot of history behind. Oh, and this guy was, you know, with WWE and he's been successful and he's been, you know, this and that. It he just has a greater appeal and a wider reach. Not mm -hmm. to say that's Jonathan Gresham's fault, because it's not. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to grow business, you're going to try to put your most noticeable pieces, right, center, front and center, so people can see them and say, oh, wow, I really want to go ahead and do business with you because I do know who that person is. There is mm -hmm. still some cachet to that name. Um, but is there any cachet to the name of Jonathan Gresham? I mean, no offense, but unless you're a hardcore Ring of Honor fan, not a whole lot of people know who in the hell Jonathan Gresham is. You could you could maybe put him in for the pure title, you know, the the TV title, but to, to build a whole company around him, I, I I just didn't see it. Well, but think about it from this perspective too. Who okay, say you have Jonathan Gresham as your world champion, right? Who are you going to realistically put against Jonathan Gresham in Ring of Honor that's going to be believable that he's the world champion? And I hate to say this because people are going to say, well, you have Rey Mysterio out there, and you have a lot of other people who are, are shorter in stature. Don't even start to compare Jonathan Gresham to Rey Mysterio. Two different things. I mean, that, mm -hmm. is, that is two different things, my friends. But... I don't know if you could really sell Jonathan Gresham as being the face of a company. I, I just find that to be really, really hard to do. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
uh, I don't see it. You know, I don't see this being wrong at all. Uh, some other matches on there. What, what did you think about the the history? Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe. Gosh, I tell you what, that was so fun. That was, I mean, that was almost like st- stepping back into a time machine. First of all, Joe still looks fantastic. Joe can still go. Um, Jay Lethal, what can you say about Jay Lethal? I mean, I don't think anybody can say a bad thing about Jay Lethal. He not only ingratiates himself with every locker room he's ever been in, he is one of the predominant trainers out there. He has a place in, um, I believe, Orlando now. He has a new training uh, academy school. Um He's just a good dude and and really well-respected, and he's known as a team player. There's no ego with him at all. I thought that match was fantastic. I am so high on Jay Lethal, it's not even funny. I loved it because, like like you said earlier, TK, if he wants to build a brand, Joe and Lethal are there. You know what I mean? Uh, The match was intense from start to finish. The finish was really good and I, I think that might have been the second greatest uh match on the card now the one thing i will say with all this is i they gotta figure a way tony khan has to figure a way to get ring of honor people focused more not just on a pay-per-view every three months mm-hmm. like he, he has to find a way to get more access and more of a viable product on a weekly basis because you can do these pay-per-views, but unless you have a story behind it, then you're basically just trying to go off of the match itself. Like, do I want to see this guy versus this guy? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But without a story behind it, you don't have any emotional investment in it. So I really think that Tony needs to get some type of TV exposure, whether that is on TBS or True TV. He's got to do something with Ring of Honor. Do you think Ring of Honor will become an impact level? Or do you think that impact is still going to be head and shoulders above a Ring of Honor? Uh, the potential is to be, they would be better than impact. The potential, if they get a TV deal. Uh, you can't you can't depend on Ring of Honor telling their stories on AEW TV. No, then, can't do that because that doesn't make uh, it fair for no. the AEW locker room. You I know? agree. You have to keep them uh, separate. You got to keep them separate. Uh, the one thing I was a little baffled and then disappointed was when the trios titles were uh, defended, and the, I Dalton and the boys love them, but then. AEW's doing the six-man tech. See, I thought they were going to be just the the trios title. I didn't think they were going to be bringing a six-man to AEW. I thought they were going to be one of the same. Oh no, they're going to be completely two different. And and I'm I'm not a big fan because because you can't have a trios title in AEW. Uh, I mean, in Ring of Honor, if you don't have a value. And an expanding roster. Well, that's true. They don't have many people exactly signed to Ring of Honor, so it's so going to be you're going to see them circulating the same people against each other. Now, if you would have just did the six man, or you could have elaborated and had the trios title for AEW and Ring of Honor, then you could have had that fresh loop of talent. 
you know, they could have been the ones, uh, okay, we're going to sit there and have the Dark Order win them. And now they can be on Ring of Honor TV too. But to have two separate, you know, AEW, they got the big roster. Ring of Honor doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I wonder if they're going to take some of AEW's roster and start to break them away and make them exclusive to Ring of Honor. Well, and I think Claudio is going to definitely be exclusive to Ring of Honor. I think that Wheeler Yuta will be exclusive to Ring of Honor. It, this isn't when they announce a TV deal. I think that's what's going to happen. The Ring of Honor people are going to go in the Ring of Honor direction. The AEW people will stay in the AEW. And then obviously you'll have your two separate groups. Who's going to be on Rampage and who's going to be on Dynamite. Um, unless you're going to have one long thread of continuous storylines that go through both shows. I don't think that necessarily is what is what's best for Tony and the company. But once again, I mean, this is why I don't think Tony should be the booker. And I, I've recently really started to come around. I don't think it's a good idea. Do you sit there and see or think it would be a better idea to maybe let someone else along the lines take Ring of Honor and then throw some great agents over there? Oh, like, absolutely. L- l- like possibly Jerry and Dean, you know. You, you you have to re-solidify Ring of Honor. I 100% agree with that. Oh, man. Could you imagine, uh, you know, Regal over there helping? Let Regal book. But see, but see that's the big thing that I have. A, a, I, I just question. Why is it? Now, is there if there's a legitimate reason that I'm missing here, why is it that Tony Khan will not necessarily hire a booker? Now, I, I don't know. I don't understand what the reason behind that is because I, I either like I get it. He's a major fan, right? And I don't have a problem with all of it. But at the end of the day, why not have somebody experience and bring them in? Why don't you have a, a Pat Buck who can do more? Why don't you rely on some of these people who can do a little bit more? Um, it's just my opinion. And and he could even do, work at like events. Have somebody book, but but the ideas and stuff have to go by him. Right. You know, I I just. Now let's, let's talk about this here. What do you think about uh, Josh Woods? Woods is the goods on Twitter. He's been on the show. I love Josh Woods. I think he is so, so good on the mat and he was a great pure champion. Why has he not gotten a rematch? That's my biggest thing. Like what, what, like, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Josh Woods is a better wrestler than Wheeler Yuta. My opinion. I feel like they're trying to push Wheeler Yuta because they're trying to grow stars in AEW. And what's the best way to push a star? Align him with other successful people. Let him get the rub. Let him get more highlighted and shined. And then go ahead and, and kind of break him back off and let him go ahead and do his own thing. Because Wheeler Yuta with, with best friends, that literally was going nowhere. Because you remember the whole storyline that um, they were saying when, oh God, which of the best friends was out with an injury? I think it was, was it Chuck? Yeah, Chuck E.T. Chuck E.T. was out with an injury and Wheeler Yuta came in and he was teaming um, with Trent. Orange Cassidy and Trent. And then all of a sudden the storyline was, oh, I'm back. And who's this guy? And so then they end up, you know, getting rid well, of him and then. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you, Freeland, we, and we talked a little bit about this. You can't judge storylines in AEW too quickly because, uh-huh. because as AEW has done over the past year, they, they might have done something a year ago and you don't get it until just right now. And last week, when my man, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks. Yeah. Hey, the ass man from Canada, the proctologist, the man himself, the woodcarver, Christopher, but he's a big Ricky Starks fan too. He just, uh, he texted me. He wanted everyone to know that. Oh, man. but no, the whole team Taz thing. Yes. From a year ago. Yes. Rick, Ricky carrying that FTW title. Right. Was long-term storytelling of a transition to Hook as the FTW champion, Powerhouse Hobbs, bam, which makes sense now why they didn't want to give them the tag titles. True. Which I thought Hobbs and Starks would have been great as tag champions. But now it makes all all the sense. Now now Ricky's is a face. Hobbs is is a new you know monster heel that you're going to try to push, and hooks on his own with the FTW title, like long term start the MJF uh, Jericho. I'm glad you brought up MJF because I want to talk about that. Okay, I'm going to have you pause here. I agree with you with AEW with long term storytelling because it's a perfect example perfect example of do do you watch being the elite do you watch that no no sorry i see you're one of them so i'm not not elite the elite the the okay i'm elite i watch the show every week anyway at the end of the day this was like i don't know four episodes ago matt jackson was sitting at home and he was about to put a text message together, basically trying to bury the hatchet with Hangman. But he types out the whole text message, and then he erases it, and then he puts his phone away. So then, most recently, if you saw on Dynamite, it was Hangman's birthday. The Bucks roll up on Hangman. Hey, man, I really want to talk to you. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah, good to see you. Like, they're starting to the coalesce again, if that makes sense. They're mm-hmm. bringing... The, I think they're bringing them back together again. But once again, it's that long-term storytelling. What would Kenny do if Kenny comes back? And you're right. Ricky Starks, they had him, but they couldn't put him in the tag title picture because they already had something set for him in a singles action. Mm-hmm. But it always bothered me with Team Taz. And I know I'm jumping everywhere. I've ADD. But what are they going to do? With Hobbs, though, like I, I get it, he's going to be a heel. So is he just going to continue? Is his first feud going to be obviously with Ricky, and then where does he go from there? I, I can see six months down the road, I can see him, him and Wardlow. You think they they could build something up where these two mega beefy sweaty monsters? Are just going at it with their rippling muscles and spandex. Did you not see Warlow? Warlow can move for a man his size. He can move. And 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 six months from now, 
let's sit there and let's go back to the to MJF here soon. Six months from now, let's hope MJF is back. The whole MJF storyline, if I if that is your definition of long term storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. What is the plan? Like, if you had to just spitball it, what, what I mean, so does he I, come back at some point in time and act like he makes up with Tony and he shows no. contrition? It, what, what is it? Because right now he said, go pound salt and use a lot of curse words, and then he's gone. Do you want to sit there and think this is this is just me? CM Punk's out for how long? I mean. I didn't think he would be out this long, to be honest with you, with a foot injury. But he's going to be out for quite a while because he was at San Diego Comic Con and he's in a lot of pain. He, he, so, so, so he's what, what's the next uh, double or nothing? Is, is is that the next big one or all out? No, it's all out. All out. I can see it all out. And that's in September, October. September, Labor Day weekend, Chicago, the Now Center. Hopefully, if, if this is if Punk's back, Punk Moxley unification match. This is this is Tony Khan's baby. This is this is Chicago big money here, the main event. Tony Khan's baby, MJF comes at, out, takes them both out, leaves with the title. There's no there's no winner to the match. Double count out. However, it's going to happen. But MJF has what Tony Khan wants, his title. That's what I'm thinking. Interesting. So do you think this ultimately leads to MJF being the next AEW champion? Possibly. I see see MJF being the next champion and pinning CM Punk. Wow. Wow. Which would lead, which would lead to a feud down the road, with the ultimate payoff, Wardlow beating MJF to become the champion. Oh wow! Wardlow beating MJF, them going layers, layers. Right. Interesting. So you say Moxley? We're we're working towards obviously Moxley Punk unification mm-hmm. at All Out. In Chicago in September, you're saying MJF runs out, double screws them both. Okay, so there's no winner in that one, right? So they're both nope, still no winner. MJF takes the title. That means or titles, because wouldn't they both have a, a title technically? They have one, yeah. Well, he takes both titles and says, "Tony, you want your titles back? Three way. MJF pins Punk." To become the and and this is the biggest screw job for MJF over Tony because now he represents the company that Tony Khan owns and loves. Could be we might have to mark this down as one of your uh, premonitions because it's not a bad idea right there. And, and I do. And if it happens, I'm telling Jerry. I said I, I want ten percent for the. <laughs> And I and I do like the idea of at some point in time. So you're you're then saying you're not really giving a time frame. You're saying at some point in time down the road, it, during all of this, you're continuing to build up Wardlow like the next Goldberg. So there will be yet another confrontation between Wardlow and MJF, 
Mm-hmm. And you're saying, uh, would it be title for title or would it just be for the AEW World Championship and then Wardlow goes over? Uh, it would just be for the title and Wardlow goes over. A lot of people say first reigns really aren't that memorable. A lot of people said that Hangman Adam Page is going to have a better second run than he did his first run. Do you think that it's a good idea to play hot potato with championships no, so the, frequently? First, on your first comment, there is no way Moxley's second run is going to be better than his first. No okay. way. He's second, pretty hot right now. But that that run he had, the 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 amount of competition he had, Kenny, uh, Jericho, you know. Mm, Moxley carried carried AEW on his back for quite some time. He did. So, I'm not going to lie to you. You're right. Now the hot potato, I hate. I'm with how you. many how many championship uh, champions have we had? TNT champions. So do, do, uh, I'll, I'll let you borrow some hands because I swear we've had left and right. So we've had Cody, we've had Brody Lee. We've had Sammy Guevara. We've Darby had Nero. We've had Darby Allen. We've had Scorpio Sky. And we we've had, had Wardlow. Did we have Cody again? Well, no, I'm just counting the individuals, uh, okay. not title reigns. It's been seven okay. people. Seven people. But they played hot potato. Like Scorpio Sky had the title, didn't have the title. Had the title, didn't have the title. Like... Do you Why? think that's do okay? Let me ask you this: Do you think that's that's shame, shame on Tony Khan for yes. not giving a long enough leash for Scorpio Sky, or do you think that he realized that Scorpio Sky wasn't the final destination in the story? Therefore, you just had to go through Scorpio Sky to get to where you needed to be. If you do it once, if you do it once, it's a shame on me. <laughs> okay, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you put the title back on him just to take it back off him. Right. That's a, that's a shame on you. Do you think it was a bad idea to put it on Scorpio sky? Yes, I agree. I don't think Scorpio sky. There's always, I hate the word, I hate the word transitional champion or hate the phrase, but at certain points you need it. Just like let's say the, the instance of eighties, you weren't going to let let Hogan beat Bob Backlund Correct. To, win his, to win his first champion. Well, the Iron Sheik's there. Let's do it this way. Bob, Bob sits there and still looks strong. The Sheik's the champion. Hogan can beat him. Same way they did with Slaughter. Uh, Gosh, you took you know. the words right out of my mouth. They had already done Warrior Hogan at the end of the day. So what are they Mm going to do? They're going to screw warrior to put the belt on slaughter, but it was only for from Royal rumble to WrestleMania, which Mm -hmm. was what a month or two. And then the belt goes back on Hogan. Exactly. You know, if, if they were doing that with Scorpio sky, you wouldn't do it twice to the guy. I, that's why I say there needs to be uh, there needs to be somebody else in these in these meetings that yes. says Tony I don't know about all this because there have been some moments where you scratch your head and you go wait what what are mm-hmm. we doing um, let no, and, me and, 
another instance real quick. We still have to talk about uh, woo. We still oh, oh. talk about that. Oh, I, I was thinking we, we we can close the show out. Oh, we can close the show out with that. I have no problem yeah. doing that. But but another thing, the Young Bucks winning yes. the tag titles again. Now I can't go full on this because I don't know what the true aspect of the ladder match was supposed to be with the you know Jeff and Matt. Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks because Jeff was pulled out. Right. But if they were just going to give it to the Young Bucks and have the Young Bucks lose it right away. What was the point? What was the point? They could have had weeks before that when it was the Jurassic Express, Hobbs and uh, Starks, and uh, Keith Lee and Swerve. But what, okay. Now, once again, you talk about layers. You almost had to give the belts to Jurassic Express. And here's why because you had to create that inner turmoil with Christian Cage being their manager or their mentor. And then you saw the subtle hints with Jungle Boy over the weeks where he looked a little confused with the way mm-hmm. that Christian was, oh, well, okay, my boys will take on you guys. And then he's like, wait a minute, what? We're like, since when did you become our talking point? That eventually had to get to the point where we're setting up Jungle Boy being, I don't want to say away from Luchasaurus, but he needs to be a singles guy. I'm sorry. Y- you've built him up to this point right now, or you need to let him fly free it's it's like breaking up of, of the rockers Shawn yeah. michaels needs to go on his own jungle boy needs to go on his own uh okay i i, I can see that but if you would have just had christian cost them the, t- the the titles you know it, it, it could have just had that extra extra little bit but the going with jungle boy there i this is just me I still think there's something else there. Luchasaurus is is going to turn on him. Well, it didn't make any sense to me when you had Luchasaurus coming out with Christian Cage, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, what what's going on here? Is he on his side? And then all of a sudden they tried to portray it on TV as, well, Luchasaurus was just keeping an eye out for me, and then Luchasaurus you know, stands side by side or shoulder by shoulder with mm-hmm. Jungle Boy, which was like, wait a minute. Is that kind of like a, a whoopsie we got to make up for this type of deal? Because that's what I was thinking it was, because it wouldn't make sense. Why would you break up those two guys unless you had significant reason to believe you were either going to make Luchasaurus a big-time heel or you were going to make Jungle Boy, a big time face. He would enter into a program with Christian, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But it just, it, to me, it just didn't make any sense. And now, obviously, Luch Express is, is or gosh, what are they? Luch Express. They're together yeah. still, but um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 don't see, I don't see them being together together. I, no. I, I, think, I think Tony has something in the works. Because what is it this week on on Dynamite? It's Matt Hardy versus Christian. Like, what's that make? I, I don't. In my opinion, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Matt Hardy's on this whole uh, retribution tour, and he wants to, you know, pay his penance for all the things that he did wrong, and yada yada yada. And 
it's a joke because I don't know how this works into the storyline of mm -hmm. Jurassic Express. Why do you bring no. Matt Hardy in unless it's just a match in mm -hmm. Lucha or God, Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy interferes? Yeah, that I, would be I, the I only thing that would make sense. And, and that, and when they had Jurassic Express split, that left the door open for so many more tag teams. I know, like, like my bud Christopher, but. Oh, the acclaimed. Yes. The, the acclaimed. ass man, the proctologist of Canada. And I know he's grinning right now saying you son of a, if he's still listening right now, he, Hey, scissor me, baby. Yeah. Get in there. He's a big fan. He, he is a, is a fan of Max well, Caster. Well, Do not hey, let him fool you. Hey, but I think he, I think he's the, the third, the third son of the ass boys. I never thought of that. I'm a butt man. Wah, wah. Oh my God. This is long-term storytelling right here. Wait a minute. What did AEW just announce? Where are they now going to tour now? They're going they're go to. They're going to Canada. Great White North. And the ass man is going to join the ass boys. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I might have to. We, we might have to text Jerry. Could, you saw could we saw we cracked could, we the case. could you imagine watching Dynamite and all of a sudden, you know, Christopher Bud? <laughs> could could you imagine? Okay, picture this: we're watching TV, the Ass Boys are coming out, and and they're and they're like by the entrance, like by the corner, the, the guardrail, and there's Butt right there <laughs> with some of his wooden carved toys. <laughs> oh man. He has like he has wooden carved brass knucks, and he just goes down there, and he's just <laughs> hanging out, and then wham! He oh my god! But if you're in the chat, you crazy, you know what? Well, well, say something. Or it could be a double heel turn. Next thing you know, he could hit the ass boys with the with the wooden knucks, and then all of a sudden pulls out two wooden scissors. Scissor me, baby! Oh God, I love it! I love it! Ah, uh, but man, it's I see I see a bright future for some so much AEW talent. Ricky Starks, mm -hmm. the acclaimed, yep. you know they're already you know getting them ready for the next level. Let's talk about somebody we haven't really had a chance to talk about very much is Kip Sabian. This whole box on the head thing. How long are they going to string this thing out? Ah. How long are they going to string this shit out? Like. He's got a box on his head, and he talks about how underrated he is and how underappreciated he is. Okay, I get that, but where's the payoff? Like, he's not even remotely getting involved in anything or doing mm -hmm. anything. He's just standing there. I, Unless I, you're I, trying I, to lull us into a false sense of security, and then something big happens. I I don't get it. Like, that, I'm not going to sit there and – because just like Vince Russo has said millions of times – for every one good idea, you have to try out three or four horrible ones. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is just one of those horrible ones. But a couple weeks ago, finally, I've got something that I always wanted to see. A Sting Alistair Black face-off. That's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you. That was pretty cool to see. You're a big Sting, Mark, aren't you? I, I love me some Sting. Yeah. 
You know, the only thing I'm still 50-50 about is where's Miro going? You know what I mean? I, I like Miro. I, I feel like Miro I, should I don't, have a title. I don't like this new Miro, though. I, I, the sunglasses. When he prays to the, his God and... Okay, am I the only person who, who thought during all of this Miro stuff that Lana was eventually going to show up? Shit, my that, beautiful wife, my beautiful wife. Uh, like, may, really? May, maybe eventually to, to counteract... Uh, who does Alistair have? Oh, he's got... Uh, oh, geez, oh, Pete's. It's the, the varsity blonde chick. Uh, yeah. Hart, Hart. Julia Hart. Yeah, Julia Hart. M- maybe the, the counteract. You know, m- maybe this could lead to a... a eventually, at, uh, was it double or nothing or all out? All out. All out. Uh, an eight-person tag. Miro, Sting, Darby Allen, and Lana to take on uh, the House of Black. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, TK, if I'm... Uh, you know, giving up your 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 plans for for next month, but you know, you know, they often talked about how AEW had ripped off the concept of the pillars, right? The concept mm-hmm. of the pillars of the company was was definitely not a uh, an AEW thing. Do you think the pillars have changed? Do you think we've gotten a rotation of the pillars? Yes. Yeah. By the way, Lana spelled backwards is anal. So do you, okay. All right. Let's just really quickly, a little sidebar here. Do you think that was a a Vince, a Vince thing? Yeah. It has to be. It has to be. All right. Let's get Uh, back to this. First pillar. Now who was it? Who first pillar. Now. And when, keep in mind, when we say pillars, we're talking about the future. So we're not talking the Jericho's, the Moxley's, the punks, we're not talking about them. We're talking about the future. I, I MJF definitely has to be a pillar. I, I don't count him. He's already there. You don't think that he's going to be a pillar for years to come? No, no. He, he's already there. I, I, so he's already an established huge star. Yes. Okay. I would. I was going to say Darby Allen, but I don't know if I can have a lot of confidence in Darby right now. They're doing a lot of 50-50 booking with Darby. Have you noticed that? First, Darby yeah. could he could not miss, and then all of a sudden it was like, uh, they're kind of cooling off of him for a little bit. Ass Man says, Sammy, what do you think about that? Like, do you notice this really quickly? When Sammy was on his own, it was totally different, but then when the whole Sammy and Ty Conte thing became a real deal, people mm-hmm. just started shitting on that all over the place because they got sick of it, and all of a sudden they were like, oh, Sammy's kind of one of our main pillars and so we better do something to get his stock back up and that's when they went ahead and and put him back in the jericho appreciation society but i'm going to tell you who a pillar is Freeland, okay? hold that thought you go to the let's, con- let's continue this right after this commercial break oh my god welcome back to the most enjoyable thing you've done today with pants on my name is Mike Freeland. I'm joined by my longtime broadcast colleague, producer extraordinaire, brother from another mother, follically challenged individual. His name is The Rit. This is Front Row Material Live. We are back, my friends. We are back in black. We are the boys of summer. You've missed us. I know you have. We're back. 
But uh, yeah, let's continue with the the four pillars of AEW. So the four pillars of AEW. So okay, uh, I'm I'm going to agree with the butt with Sammy. Sammy. Okay. So how many pillars are there? Is it four? Four. Four pillars. Four pillars. Okay. So Sammy's one. Okay. Sammy's one. Who could be a second one? You're not gonna like my answer. Oh God! Give me a hint. Oh my God! No, no, no! Not Jonathan Gresham's brother. No, Johnny Hungy. No. Oh, when you showed the muscles, why don't, wait, hold on. Jade Cargill. Oh my God! I'm gonna vomit in my mouth right now. That is what? What? I'm gonna start a what chant right now. What? What? Jade Cargill. Yes. Oh my gosh! She, she you, well, you can't say Britt Baker no more. No, you can't say Britt Baker. You can't say Thunder Rosa. What about Marina Shafir? Not yet. Think she could be. Depend. It, it depends on where they they book her. Where the hell's my girl Layla Hirsch? God, I love me some Layla Hirsch. Where the hell is she? Is she in but, Russia? You say I lost. You sit there and say I lost my mind. You're just mad because you missed Claudio winning the title. Look at that picture, by the way. Let's talk about that picture. Holy crap! Look at that. He is grinning from ear to ear. He looks like he's an extra on Cheers from 1987. That picture, that picture right there, Freeland. Yeah. He took that right after Claudio won his first world title. I had that's heard ha- that story. That's how that's how happy he that's is. That's what I had heard. Okay, I'm glad that was clarified. Thank you. But uh, okay, I'm saying Sammy and Jade. Sammy so far. Jade Cargill. Okay, jeez, oh Pete's man, this is going to be tough. Um, <sighs> Wardlow. Mm, when we yet. say when we say pillars, you're talking about they're not established yet. The, they they're, they're not. They're, yes, they're not established yet, but they will be built. Well, Jade, well, how do you Jade. how do you defend that? She's already a champion at this point. Yeah, but you can build a whole women's division around her. Just, not only can you build a women's division around her, you can build a movie around her. Oh, okay, okay. I'm she, pulling she, out the toilet paper because there's she, a whole lot of poo turned, being slung right she now. She turned down the role of She-Hawk because she said she, it was too, she was too good for it. What is She-Hawk? A bird? What? What is She-Hawk? No, She-Hawk. The Marvel series? She-Hawk. What is She-Hawk? Yes. Like the Incredible Hawk? That's his cousin? Oh, my God. That's Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. No, you said Hawk. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. You said Oh gosh, is this ES- an ESPN fan? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's it's Butt asking if I'm high. You know what? Butt should send his. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say bring his ass on here. Hulk. It's called Hulk. She Hulk. Did you call him Hawk Hogan? Is that what you used to do? If you were referring to Legion of Doom, you could say Animal and Hawk. Yes. Say Hulk. Hulk. Perfect. Done. But when you say it fast, you say Hawk. Who who cares? She Mm -hmm. turned it down because she's too good for it. First of all, I don't think... No. 
Do you know who she's married to and they have not yet worked that angle yet? Brandon friggin' Phillips. Yeah. One of the best second basemen in the last 30 years. Yeah. Why and, is Brandon and, Phillips not used in some way, shape, or form? Why use all the good stuff now? I mean, he is a bigger star right she, now. She, she is going to be around for quite some time. Depending on how long her contract is before WWE. Oh, hey, speaking of contracts, Tony Khan's press conference that he has like Malachi. Uh, oh, and he no, went off on the tangent. He yeah, went off on the he's tangent like, like yeah. no, no one's going to be jumping ship. That's not going to happen. I got Malachi Black for at least another five years. I got I got Adam Cole for another he, five years. He like, sit oh, there and he, man, he was going off of, on a bigger little ten, uh, temper tantrum than freaking Gresham. I just couldn't believe it. He was just like, well, I, like, Tony, you don't owe any of these people an explanation. Just, just don't engage with him. Don't engage. You're, you're a professional. You don't need to engage with these mouth breathers. But, but I mean, I feel like he wanted to defend himself. But then these are the same people who gave him a hard time for giving Claudio a big hug, which I'm quite sure was really not that big of a deal. No, but whatever. Sammy, and who's your second? I don't know. Like, I want to say one of the guys from 2.0, like uh, Matt Menard. They're in the Jericho, the Jericho Appreciation I... Society. Those guys are hilarious. I can see them being somebody. I can see them being somebody. Number three, who do you have? Ricky Starks. I was just going to raise it. Do that. Okay. Okay. I will say this. This does not need to happen. That is weird as hell. No, no. That's. What is that? What is that? Uh, it just looks too. Eh. No. no. Do, do you hate him for it? Do, do, no, I don't do, hate him for it. I think it looks do, a little goofy. Do, do you not like it? I don't do you like boo, it. Do you boo when he does it? I don't do anything. I'm oh, like, do that anything? looks a little weird. That's all I say. That looks a little weird. Why is he posing like a figure skater? Because that's what a figure skater would do. They'd be like, they twirl around and, and you know, hit their triple axle, maxle, faxle, and then they would like pause like that, like they're like a swan or something. And I'm just like, you're a grown man. Don't be doing that. Fourth person. Oh, I'm going. God. I'm going. Are you ready? Hold on. Give me a second. Daniel Garcia. Yeah, can't go wrong with Daniel Garcia. I, I, I would say Jungle Boy, but not not as not as a tag team. If he would go singles all the way, I'd give it to Jungle Boy because I I think he, as long as he changes that freaking song. You don't like the Jungle Boy song? No, I, I no. Why do you not like the Jungle Boy song? What do you have Why against you, it? It's just it's super That's, annoying. It's his name. It's it's just super annoying. It, but you you got to give me something more than that. It, it's annoying. That was I, a, I, I would that rather was an listen, 80s hit. I would rather listen to you. Oh wow! I'd ra I'd rather listen to Liam Savage for four hours nonstop. Yeah, good point. You're right. It is annoying. So, but um, no, I, I I sit there and AEW ha has a lot of 
future stars in the in the works. They have a lot of future stars now. Now, that's right. But let's just, let's see now that Triple H, Stephanie, Nick, Paul. Let's 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 see if they can. You know. Oh my god. Anyways, so uh, next up, let's talk about this past weekend. Are you ready? That's fine. Let's get to the really good part here. Jungle life. All right, we'll talk about this weekend. Let's continue. Ric Flair's final match. Are we talking about the card? Are we talking about the actual main the, event? The, the card was really well put together. The card was well put together. There were some issues, like the Von Erichs match um, against the Briscoes was supposed to be earlier on in the night. They had to push it later because the Von Erichs were flying in from Hawaii. And did you know that oh, – why, why is my name blank? And the new Hulk Hogan. Um, Alex Hammerstone was supposed to be there, but his flight got completely canceled. So they re- replaced that with the Jacob Fatu mm-hmm. segment. No, the card was really good. I liked. I, I love the the um, the bunkhouse. A lot of people were were saying, "Why so many tag matches?" But a lot of people like it was don't a throwback. Understand. Yeah, that's what that's what a lot of the NWA was back in the day. Yes, it was a throwback. It was a throwback to Jim Crockett Promotions. The the bunkhouse match, which is what, um, oh my god, Dusty obviously kind of mm-hmm. came up with. Um, I thought that was really good. So, hey, and who would have ever thought, okay, on a throwback with NWA and everything, you see Bret Hart, Taker, and Mick Foley on camera. Like you don't get much much bigger than that. I agree. It, even though Taker sit there and said he was disappointed after, you know, Flair's last match that should have been his last match. He came out and said that. Oh, it, it was in an interview that, that that he thought that Flair's last match when he wrestled Sean was the perfect ending to his career. Right. But I he, mean, I agree. Oh, you, you could. WrestleMania, the moment that that was that was epic. It was. It was really really good. I agree one hundred percent with the, that. Now, what do you what do you think of the tag match itself? Uh, so we're talking about the main event specifically. Main event uh, specifically. Uh, did, first off, did you see on Twitter the how it begun and how it ended with him and Tony? Yeah. Then him and Tony. Yes. That was great. That was cool. I, 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 I love the picture. Yes. Um, I thought Andrade, I thought Jay Lethal, and I thought uh, Jeff Jarrett worked their asses off. The stalling techniques, the heelish 80s techniques, the fact that they were really, really working hard in that match to make it look good. 
And I think the thing that bothers me the most when I look back on on the, the final Ric Flair match was when you look at his training videos, right? His training videos, he's like, you know, I don't even know what they call this. The, the thing that you push, you got a bunch of weights on it and you're just pushing it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of football players do it. Uh, he was pushing that. I think about the horse or something. He was pushing that. He's doing the rope stuff. He's doing the wooing. He's working with Jay Lethal. It like it looked reminiscent of him. Now he did have the plant plantar fasciitis, which obviously is a a, a big deal, which definitely hurts your foot. Mm -hmm. But I noticed also that he mentioned in an interview that they thought he was sick. And they also thought he could have had COVID or they thought he could have had pneumonia. But he says that it was because he was working out in the gym and getting back in his car and driving home in a sweaty, wet T-shirt with the air conditioner blowing. I'm like, ah, that sounds a little sketch. But I didn't see that Ric Flair at the match. Do you feel the same way? I feel the same way. It seemed it seemed like there was something missing. Like like him, the words were there. You know when he was in there talking about, uh, I think it was in an interview before, like sometime during the weekend, when when they asked uh, if he's you know drinking, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know how to wrestle you know, without going out drinking the night before and this and that. And it's like, th this man has a pacemaker. I know he's got, and, and they cut out so many feet of intestine or bowel or whatever like that, because mm -hmm. there was an obstruction. And, and I, I believe that he was asked to please stop drinking. Like Rick, you have a second shot at life. Mm -hmm. And he just decided that he was going to live the Ric Flair life. And, once again, what do you say at that, that point in time to somebody? I mean, that's what they do. Uh, I, I do like uh, Anthony, his question, which it, it's it, it was a tribute, I think, uh, for a payday for Conrad. I don't see it for Con Conrad doesn't need the money. A payday for Rick? Quite possibly. I could, I could see Rick needing the money. And, and as much as people say, you know, Rick doesn't need the money because he gets all those cameos. Eh, I don't know about all that. I, I think he might have made some poor choices, you know. No, yeah. Well, not, not only that, uh, I, I watched a little bit of the roast. The roast was funny. Uh, but the alimony payments he still has, you know, they, they don't go away. Now, wait a minute. Don't alimony payments cease once the child well, turns once, 18? No, no, no. Alimony is for his wives. Oh, I'm thinking child Un support. Okay. Un until they get married. If they never get remarried because uh, Rick was an adulterer, he still has to pay them. I never thought about that. Wow. Yeah. But uh, Jeff, Jarrett, he looks like he could still go on a run. Jeff Jarrett looked fantastic. He he looked fantastic. I, it was so exciting to see him. That man is gold. Gold, gold, gold. Love it, love it, love it. That, Once again, everybody in that match worked their ass off and looked mm -hmm. great. What did you think about the, the, the horseman photo op they did? Um, First of all, it was kind of weird because, you mean, when they had the old 605 set? 
Wasn't yeah. Brett Brett Hart in that picture? Brett, and they were like children in the picture too. And I was like, uh, the the one I seen Brett was in. There was no children, but okay. like Luger Luger was sitting down. Yeah. Uh, you know, Arn was all the way to the one side. JJ doesn't look like he aged a bit. No, JJ looks fantastic. JJ looks fantastic. Arn looks like he could care less at this point. Oh, he he's just there. You know? here's, the, here's the thing that, that gets me though. I, I feel like we we've talked about this many times before, but Rick, and I don't know if this is just because of his personality, but he tends to like, I don't want to say burn bridges, but like he doesn't have a tight relationship with Arn. And I heard that he doesn't have a super tight relationship with triple H anymore. Like a lot of people that were like really close to Rick really aren't really that close to Rick. Um, I don't know who's really super tight with Rick or really close with him outside of Andrade and, and Conrad, which obviously they're family. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you kind of have to disqualify them just for that situation. But I, I don't know. I just, do you think Rick has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way? Uh, possibly. Uh, I, I still think there's, there's probably people that would back Rick no matter what. And I, I do think Vince might be one of those. Oh, I absolutely know. think Vince would back him up. Uh, 100%. Vince, uh, Eric might. Bischoff. And that's interesting because they had a really, really bad relationship Yeah, back in WCW. Really bad to the point where yeah. they were suing one another. But uh, no, I, I, there's people, but closeness, I, I don't see too many. And the, the thing that I keep thinking about coming back to that match was I keep going back and I keep, and I did this last night. I laid in bed and I watched the training videos and I watched, they had like a little mini series that led mm-hmm. up to the final match and I watched it. Right. And I thought the parking lot stuff was amazing. I mm-hmm. thought the contract signing stuff was amazing. Whoever produced that stuff, man, it was spot on. But Rick, when he came out, it just, he seemed lethargic or, and this is just my opinion, like disoriented to some extent. Like, I don't know if he was so excited for the moment that he blew himself up before he got out there, but God, I feel bad saying this, but I know other people had to have seen this and thought the same thing. When Rick was coming out and he turned around and he was like reaching back with his rear end. And I I could tell like he's gotten so thin that the belt, no matter how many clasps it's on, is not going to stay up. It's just not. He's, Mm -hmm. he's that frail. I, I, I thought there was a a diaper involved. I literally did. Like, I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, wait a minute. Is there something more to like, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, hey, medical is medical. I just thought something was weird. And then he turned around. I was like, oh, it's not that. It's the fact that he's trying to like show the belt. But it's just, he never had that glint in his eye, that fire in his eye that normally Rick does. And it was just like he was sleepwalking through the entire match. Um, it was interesting, Dave Meltzer said on the Wrestling Observer, that the people who were there thought the match was fantastic. The people, they they polled people. People who watched it at home thought that it was sad. So it's, it's, it's 
who do you believe? Like I watched it and, and I'm not going into it trying to have sour grapes, but I'm going into it going, the man's 73. He's got a pacemaker. What the hell are we doing here? And for everybody who defended Rick wrestling, oh, well, he should be able to go out on his terms and he should be able to do what he wants. At what point in time do we say, you got to take the helmet away from the player, right? Yeah. You, you got to take it away. You got to say, look, no, 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 no. You can't do this. Can't do this no more. I see I mean, Flair at TNA when I was down in Philly for Bound for Glory 2011 when I got to hang out with Jerry and stuff. Like, I seen him and Hogan and then Sting. Flair didn't look like Flair then. No, no way. No way. Like, why would I sit there and think that he would look like Flair now? Well, it's 18 years later? Mm-hmm. Or 9, 10, 11 years later. 11 years, yeah. Yeah. Like, come on now, really? Well, no. I mean, and I don't think everybody necessarily thought that it was going to be that way. Like, it's not going to be the last man standing match with Triple H yeah. at Survivor Series. It wasn't going to be bound for glory with um, or lockdown or whatever it was with he and Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I wanted to see was the I, woo, woo, woo. I yeah. mean, I wanted to see all the antics. I mm-hmm. wanted to see somebody just chop him and him just face plant or him just do some fun shtick that he does. And I didn't even see that. Like that wouldn't have taken much out of him. Th- that no wasn't out. even that wasn't even a Ric Flair entrance. It wasn't. I thought they would have him out with like maybe have some ladies around him, like ladies, no, a, a, a little fireworks, pyro, you know? something for the love of God. Th- th- but nothing th- like huge spotlight just on him. Give give the man his, his moment. But it's just it, it, it wasn't it wasn't what I ah, I can't really say it. It was, it was what I expected him wrestling wise. It's just the entrance I thought they would make up more for. I thought it would be an Undertaker esque entrance, and like, it it just it didn't turn out to be that way. Like like, do you really think like that's what you want your last match to to be like? Hey, they say you're only as good as your last match, right? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, let me let me ask you this: If you're Ric Flair, do you think he personally, deep down inside? He may never reveal this to anybody for the rest of his life. You think he's happy with it? No. T- Taker wasn't even happy with his, and, and and he admitted it. You know, when he sat there and, and wrestled, what was it Goldberg? No, when he wrestled Roman the first time. Uh, yes. He said nope, and 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 he just kept trying to chase how to end the the match and have a great match at his own terms. Yep. And. Then then we're gonna have Goldberg happen there, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you you're you're chasing this apparition. You're chasing this ghost that doesn't really exist, because no matter how well you orchestrate something or plan something, it's never gonna quite be what it is in your head. You're always gonna have something that you wish you would have done differently, or you wish you would have looked a little bit better. But I think with the Rick thing, like we knew he was gonna wrestle in a shirt. That wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now with the shirt. I think it could have been a little bit better. 
I think it could have had like, you know, Ric Flair's final match or like woo on the back or just something, make it more spectacular. But like, do you remember at one point in time, he talked about that Charlotte nicks the fact that he wanted to do a dive from the ring to the outside. And I'm literally sitting here going, what? A dive like a tope suicida? Like, there's no way he's going to do that. And, and, and anything even close, like, does he sit there and watch Sting still do what Sting does? It wouldn't surprise and, me. And and think, oh, Sting can do it, so can I. You're also how many more years older than Sting? But you also you're not. Keep... You're, you're, you're not you're... in the same shape. And weight shape, like. It's not the same as ring shape. I don't know what 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 he was going after. I mean, I don't know if it's a situation of. Do you remember the thirty for thirty they did with Scott Hall? Mm-hmm. And there was a, there a moment when he broke down. He was crying. He said, "What do you do when the lights go out and no one's cheering your name anymore?" Like meaning many wrestlers have wrapped up so much of their self-worth into what they do in very few that I actually have spoken with are at peace with this is what I do as a career, Mm -hmm. but I have other aspects of my life that I'm proud of that doesn't completely define who I am, but I feel like Rick and I'm trying to find that 30 for 30 online somewhere where I can watch the, the Ric Flair one again. I feel like Shawn Michaels nailed it when he said Rick Fleer and Rick Flair are one in the same. Like you can't tell the difference. You don't know who mm-hmm. you're talking to. It's basically the same thing. He has melded those two worlds together. And that's why so many people have said, you know, he lives the gimmick. He is the gimmick. He is a living, breathing gimmick. But but do you sit there and think? A lot of people that made it that stature, like Hogan. Oh, he lives the gimmick. The Do you think The Rock does? Hell no. No. You know, th- th- there's there's certain... But The Rock was the new generation, where Hogan and Flair were the old generation. That's all they had. That spot. That gimmick. Where, that where, career. Where The Rock has movies to fall back on, and John mm-hmm. Cena has commercials and TV shows to fall back on. You're right. When it when you look at it from the perspective of there's nothing else that they have, that's what they have. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I would still say that Hogan loved his kids. And I'm not saying Rick doesn't because I, I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. But, like, how many times have we heard Ric Flair say, well, I was just, just not happy when I was at home. I couldn't wait to get back on the road. Or he would say... You know, I live not too far from, uh, was it Greg the Hammer Valentine or Bruce? Yeah. Duke? And he just, he he literally got in the car and went just right to their house. And it was just, I got to be around the quote unquote, the business. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand. I can't relate to that. It, to me, when I think of Flair's last match, I'm always going to think of WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 24. Yep. Yep. Now that's the Ric Flair that I want to remember. I agree. But man, hey, Freeland. Man, this was fun, my friend. We went down. We talked about a lot of stuff. You and I got to rekindle 
our, uh, our, our kinship, our friendship, our love for one another. We got a lot of great people that jumped in here. Thank you to Anthony. Uh, thank you to uh, the ass man. Thank you to uh, Marie Liam. Shadows. Uh, thank you to Liam Savage. Yes, uh, J-Rod, numero, numero uno, J-Rod. Uh, and thank you to everybody who stopped in and uh, just dropped some kind words for us. We haven't done this in such a long time, but guess what? It's going to be coming back. It's coming back. Yeah, we're, 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 it's going to be you and I for the next couple weeks. Yep, we're going to be doing it. We're going to be knocking it down. So if you enjoy this, once again, please follow the RIT on social media. RIT, what is, what is your Twitter handle? This is underscore the underscore R-I double T. If you want to follow me, it's much simpler. It's just at M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. You can follow the show at FRM Podcast. Once again, each and every Friday, Front Row Material drops interviews with the legendary stars and up-and-coming stars as well. We also, on a daily routine, drop a podcast called Headlines, where we cover all the major promotions and all the news and headlines of that particular day. All of this is free to you. Anywhere fine podcasts are made available once again, please, by all means, go ahead and follow us. If you have friends who are wrestling fans, or you think maybe wrestling fans, go ahead and tag them in your social media posts. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Twitcher, Flipper, Flapper, uh, everywhere. I don't even know all the names of them, but we're we're available everywhere. And um, yes, it's been it's been real, man. This has been a good time. Hey, can't wait for next week. We will be doing it. We'll be doing it up, and we hope you guys join us as well. We will probably send out a message again on Twitter. So, uh, so go ahead and hit that bell, that notification bell on your uh, on your Twitter, so you know when uh, when we're going to go live. So you can jump in here and share your comments as well, because we always love hearing from other wrestling fans. You guys have a lot to say. We know you watch, so why not join in the conversation and tell us what your thoughts are when it comes to the world of professional wrestling? Well, Freeland. I'm the Rit. He's Mike Freeland. Catch you guys next week on Borough Material. Material. The world of L.